In our international center in Kano, I spent a couple of weeks to speak about um, the end time events and um, about rapture, about tribulation, about the kingdom that is already here, which is we manifest into its fullness in a matter of time. In short, I spoke about the second coming of the Lord. And uh, it's a knowledge that is very vital for these, uh, for this, for this, for this time. Many years ago, when we see like your age, the most common message at that time, the most exciting message at that time was the issue of rapture, the issue of eschatology. That's what we call it. Eschatology is the study of the, the end time events beginning from the second coming of the Lord down the line, down, down until you enter the everlasting uh, kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. So I want to kind of, I'm not going to go into all of that tonight, but I want to give you a conclusion. One of the conclusions that I arrived at in Kano is, is I call it a concluding message. Um, of of that series that I gave, and then, but it's very exciting and very interesting. So I believe that the Lord will will bless you tonight. I wanted to say a big amen. amen. Sometimes the purpose of a message is to achieve a purpose now. I want to get the result now. I want to get people changed now. I want to get something to be done right now. And sometimes so we minister the Holy Spirit. We minister, lay hands on people and they roll on the floor until they come back to themselves. It's, it's part of it. But sometimes you get your knowledge enlarged. You get your understanding enlarged. And then you also get yourself ready for the coming of the Lord. Because surely Jesus is coming again. Oh. It's not a joke. It's real. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying tonight? And, uh, you know, sometimes we are tempted to forget that it's coming again because of the events around us. Because, you know, everything is going on so well in this world. But this is one of the most miserable places a man can decide to stay for eternity. You know, so, and Paul says that if we are only hopeful in this world, we are out of all men most miserable. That's a better place that God has prepared for you and for me. And by the grace of God, we shall be there. Now, I said we shall be there. Yeah. I said we shall be there. Yeah. Say Jesus is coming again. It amazes me. I don't see vests and singlets projecting that these days. I don't see. In those days, wallahi, <laughs> the most common verse was, he is coming again. He is coming soon. So, at the back, soon. In the front, again. <laughs> Hallelujah. But actually, the Bible in that scripture, uh, when the Bible says coming soon, the word soon there in the Greek is not just talking about soon. Of course, the Greek word there means soon in a way, but the sense of that verse is not talking about soon, but quickly. I'm coming quickly. It's a, when you say soon, soon, one year gone, ten years gone, one thousand years gone, 
And you see, 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 soon. So the actual meaning of that verse is not talking about soon, but quickly. Like in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came quickly. It came swiftly. So, you know, knowledge is very important, you know. But we have accepted soon. It's all right. But the issue is that he said it's going to be coming quickly. Now, look, look at Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 to verse 4. I'm wise to have come with my glasses. This your pulpit is just too high for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Lord is good. It's like you think only short men will be coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, well, again, this may be a, this could be a, a standpoint, perhaps. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that when you are taking picture, you will see the whole of the young men. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, see, before you get married, <laughs> you know, your ties are always very short. <laughs> you know, like this. But after you get married, they, they, they come over here. <laughs> so perhaps it's for part of the aesthetics, you know, to <laughs> make the man of God look sharp in the picture. Not uh, covered by any bogus in the Old Testament pulpit. <laughs> you know. All right. Second Peter chapter 3. And I read in verse 3, the Bible says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, out, out of scorn. It's like to say the word of God is not true. The Bible is not real, it's not true, but I want to let you know tonight that the Bible is correct and it will surely come again. And the Bible says, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? In other words, we have some promises that are not authentic. Why, where is the promise of the coming of Christ? The Bible says, He will come, He never has come up to today. So he said, Things will continue as it has always been. Stop this expectation. Stop deceiving yourself. Nobody is coming. The world will be like this forever until each of us dies. But that's not the truth. Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue. Now, but look at verse 5. For this, they willingly are ignorant of that. By the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth Standing out of the water and in the water by the word of God. Whereby the word that then was being overflowed was, I mean, with water uh, perished. Hallelujah. Mm. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, I want you to believe something in verse 8. But beloved, now the first few verses that I've just read now, he's not talking about you. He's talking about they. They, the scoffers. They, the unbelievers. They, the people who think that the promise of God is not here and amen. He said, but now from verse number 8, he's not talking about you. And I said, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Uh, you will not reason later. And a thousand years, as one day, in the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, basically, the reason why Jesus Christ has not come is because of his long-suffering. Hallelujah. He does not want your friend to perish. Your mother, your relation, your neighbor to perish. So, you think God is slack? He's not slack. He's only compassionate. He wants everybody to come into salvation. Experience. So, tonight you must understand that the reason why the rapture has been delayed, his second coming has been delayed simply because he is compassionate. That's why, like I always say, that God reserves the judgment to the last day because of his compassionate attitude. He wouldn't judge you now, but he has reserved the judgment to the last day to see how you will eventually end, whether you will receive him or otherwise. So know for sure tonight that the reason why he has not come is simply because of his compassion. But verse 8 is my emphasis and that's what I want to reveal to you tonight. And verse 8 I want to say, read it one more time. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord what? I didn't hear you please. So one day is equal to 1,000 years. Is that correct? So, in the calculation of heaven, in the mind of God, in the omnipotent mind of God, one day is like 1,000 years, and then the other way around, 1,000 years is just like one day. So, time is not, God is not bound by, by time, actually. Time is a human essence. It's, of, it's within the human race. It's, it's within the human level of understanding. Now, since Christ died and now, I want to test your intelligence. How many days now do we have uh, has passed since Christ died today? How many days? Say it louder. How many days? Two days. So Christ died two days ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He died only two days ago. In the sight of God, in the understanding of heaven, Christ died just two days ago. Now, we are the third day generation. And that's what I'm talking about here tonight. The third day generation. Now, when you look at your Bible, you see that the idea of two days runs through the whole scripture. Don't forget, you see. And the first day is 1,000 years. Two days, 2,000 years. The third day will be a day of resurrection. It's a day of rapture. It's a day when... All of this shall come to pass. And the Lord said, this generation shall not pass away until these things are fulfilled in your eyes. So, we are in the generation of the fulfillment of the latter days event. Okay? So, we are so privileged and honored to be members and participants of the third day, you know, events. And that's what I want to make you see tonight. So, any time from now, Jesus can come again, can come back. Now, the rapture is not preceded by signs. 
There's no sign for rapture. Now, what looks like a sign is a sign for second coming, which ultimately means also a sign for rapture. If the Bible says that the rapture will happen before the second coming of the Lord, and uh, you are outlined, uh, you're given an outline of the events that must take place before the second coming of the Lord, of course, not, you should know that then this also should be the signs for the rapture. But actually, the Bible has not given us any sign about the rapture. So any moment from, as I speak now, the rapture can take place. All right? The rapture can do what? Take place. Because we're in the third generation. Let me begin to share with you. Hosea chapter 6 verse 2. And what does he say? Hosea, is somebody trying to help me put this? Or is it possible? Huh? Hosea chapter, chapter 2. I mean chapter 6 verse 2. Are you there? Alright. Hosea, okay, let me read from verse 1. Verse 1. I heard the word of God that's living. It says, come and let us return unto the Lord. For he has turned, he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. Verse 2 says, after two days, will he revive us? In the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his side. Hmm. Let us reason together. Let's come back to the Lord because he will revive us again. In the third day, he will raise us. How? He will raise us towards with direction. It's talking of the rapture. Second coming is the primary event of the third generation. And this is a prophetic and very profound revelation that confirms the fact that we are now in the third day. And Jesus can come anytime. So and we should be expecting that anytime we can be raised up. So we're now in the third day. And what happens to us in the third day? He will raise us up. Now that confirms what I'm trying to teach you tonight. In the book of John, all his miracles are called signs. In most of the places you see miracle in the book of John, they actually mean signs. All right? And then a sign tells you about a particular truth. See, first sign in the book of John chapter 2. John chapter 2 and in verse 1. John chapter 2 verse 1. And that says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus Christ was there. When was their marriage? On the third what day? When did the marriage take place? On the third day. And the marriage of the supper of the Lamb of God is going to take place in the third day. Not the first day. Don't forget one day is 1,000 years. And now 2,000 years have already elapsed. We have entered the third day. And this is the day of the wedding. The wedding of the, of the Lamb of God and his wife. And let me say something tonight. Don't get scared about rapture. Sometimes when people hear rapture, they are afraid. 
I hope I won't, I won't miss that rapture. For the Bible says that two shall be... <laughs> one will be taken, the other will be left. I hope I wouldn't be the one that will be left. Because, you see, yesterday I was angry a little bit and God is angry with me. Not at all. If you are a wife of Christ, according to Romans chapter 7, if you are a wife of Christ, you must have his robe. Correct? The only thing that qualifies you to be a wife is that you have the robe of Christ. The robe is made by him and he gave it to you. Anyone who is not in that robe is not allowed to participate in that marriage. Your qualification is not the robe you make for yourself. Because you are a wife and you are getting ready to meet with him. One thing that must happen to you is that you must wear your robe. That is the robe of righteousness. Which is free gift from heaven. So you will not miss your husband when he comes. Don't live in fear and be subject of... You know, a lot of people teach so many funny things. And they make you afraid as if any moment you may miss the rapture, you will not miss the rapture by the grace of God. Because you have the robe of Christ on you as the wife of Christ. So the Bible says that on the third day, there was a wedding. So, and the first miracle was the turning of water into wine. Remember I told you in the book of John, you know, every miracle is what? It's a sign of a truth. It's a sign of a truth that we should understand with time. So the marriage supper of the Lamb will eventually take place on the third day. He showed himself, you know, here, because he turned water into wine. Is that correct? And if you will ask me what is the meaning of this, he showed himself as the Lord of time. The Lord over time. He compressed time together. Because if you will understand how all the processes involved in, in wine production, based on this divine order himself, you know, divine timing, you know, based on what he created, based on the order of uh, seed time and, and harvest time, it takes time for the grapes to translate into wine. But when the Lord of time steps in, it's another thing entirely. He can compress time together because he is the Lord over time. And I pray tonight that God will make your miracle shorter for you. And some of you, um, like I said, I'm teaching you tonight, you know. Some of you could be here thinking of some things, some projects, some kind of thing that will happen in the next five years. But if the Lord steps in, it can happen in the next five months for you. So it shall be in the name of Jesus Christ. If the Lord of time, he can do whatever he wants. He can turn water into wine. He can do anything. He can shorten your journey. He can make things short for you. That's a message on his own. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. In Luke chapter 10 verse 30, let's see something else again. Remember the first two days had passed now. And those first two days, if I will explain to you tonight, are what I call the time of the Gentiles. You know, I'm just giving a summary of many weeks of, a teaching, of, of teachings. rather. Now, you know, Jesus Christ has got to be with the Gentiles. When the Jews rejected him, he turned to the Gentiles. Praise the Lord. And then he had to, you know, on the cross, he was rejected by the Jews. 
when they came the first time, Israel rejected him. Is that correct? Say, we don't want you. All right? So, Jesus turned away from the Gentiles, I mean, from the Jews, and then embraced the Gentiles. We are like the, uh, the branch of the tree. You see, the gospel is for the Jews. Jesus is for the Jews. I am sent not to any Gentile, but to the Jews alone. That is the normal thing. We were grafted in. So, the 2,000 years are called the time of the Gentiles. The time he faces us because his own people have rejected him. Now, look at it. In John, I mean, Luke chapter 10, for instance. Luke chapter 10. And then I read in verse number 30, Luke 10, 30. Okay, are you there? All right, good. And Jesus answered, said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem, Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Since I was in primary school, Though a Muslim, I raised in a Muslim home, and sometimes went to church, I've been hearing about this story. The good Samaritan. Have you heard about this story before? Huh? One of the lessons they teach us in school in those days, lessons about the good Samaritan. Now, here is a man that was battered, was beaten, and left for dead, and all of that. And uh, that picture is the picture of you and I. The devil battered you and battered me and left us so, you know, for death. But something happened in verse 31. Jesus came. If some other people came and they passed him, they passed the other way. That's what the Bible says. In verse 31, let's say that quickly. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that, that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And 32 says, quickly, 32 says, all right. And then, uh, and likewise, a Levite, when he was at the, at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. So, you know, religion, all of that. They passed by on the other side. Hallelujah. And then, but in verse number 33, let's see that three. The Bible says, for a certain Samaritan. Hallelujah. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. That's exactly what the gospel is all about. That certain Samaritan is Jesus himself. All right. He came to us where we were, battered in life, wounded, you know, left for the devil to handle anyhow, dejected, rejected. But he came to where we were. And when, when, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. That's the summit of the gospel. Jesus had compassion on us where we were, battered by the enemy. And then the Bible says something, he took care of us. Hallelujah. He came where we were, you know, and uh, who is this Samaritan? Jesus himself. He came to where we were, and as a divine stranger, he had compassion on us. In verse 34, let's see what he did for us. Praise God. And when I went to him and bound up his wounds, by his stripes you he were healed, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, you know, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Who did everything here? Who did everything in here? He came to where we were. Bandaged our wounds. Pour oil and everything. And of course his own animal was vacated. So the place of his comfort was given over to us. He walked and we sat on his ass. There was a change of positions. 
he walked while we write. Exchange your place. He brought us to an inn. That inn is surely the church. Hallelujah. I say, as hallelujah. Verse 35 now says, verse 35 is very instructive. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, two denarii, the Bible says, and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more. When I come again, when I come again, when I come again, <laughs> hallelujah, when I come again, I will what? Repay you. Meaning what? A denarii is a Roman silver coin. Payment for a day's work. One denarii is a payment for one day work. So, Jesus paid for two days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said to the pastor who was in charge of the church, take care of my people. Take care of the church. You have enough supply for two days. When I come back, I will pay you back. Oh, glory be to God. When Jesus comes back, he will pay us back. That's why it's lovely to be a pastor, to be a shepherd, to be one of those who take care of other people. We have sufficiency to take care of the church. Hallelujah. Every power, every anointing, every necessity is made available for those two days to ensure that the church of Jesus Christ is nourished. Glory be to God. When I come, I will repay you. I'm waiting for him to come. I want to be repaid. I lost many things in life because of the gospel. I sacrificed so much because of the gospel. I'm eager to be repaid. I gave up much pleasure because of the gospel. I'm waiting to be paid. And because I know that one day he will come back, I have no problem spending my life to take care of other people. My life is like being lived for the benefit of other people. That is it. So he has given us everything that is sufficient for two days. On the third day, he will come back. And then, of course, he will pay us back. Shout a big hallelujah. A big hallelujah. The church has enough to take care of it. Everything that the church needs is available for the two days. And surely it will come back. Remember, every miracle in the book of John is called a sign. I will come back. I will come back. I will come back. So have that in your mind. That Jesus Christ is surely going to come back. And all your labors will not be in vain. You carry speakers. You connect speakers. You sweep the floor. You make things decent for people of God. Everything you do is being taken note of. One day, they will come back. And they will pay you. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. But let me now test your level of intelligence. Which of these three was neighbor to him? I I didn't say which of these three was loving his neighbor. No. Which of these three was neighbor to the man who was on the ground? Hmm? Who was neighbor to him that was on the You know, the priests passed. All this, you know, those who passed. But the Samaritan, when he passed, he had compassion. And I, I didn't say who was loving his neighbor. Because that's, the, that's is what we have in our head for years. Huh? Huh? No. Who was neighbor? 
to this man? Who can tell me? The priest was neighbor who didn't even brush at all. Who was neighbor to this man that, eh? I didn't hear you. The Samaritan. Hallelujah. And Jesus said in verse 7, go and love your neighbor. Simply means, the Samaritan is the Lord. So, love the Lord. Forget about the priest. Religious people. Forget about religion. This is the man to love. Love the Samaritan. The Samaritan here is who? It's Christ. He's the one that died for you. Cleansed your wounds. Heal your body. Give you accommodation. Give you everything in life. Everything was free of charge. They look at this mystery in John chapter 4, verse number 3. John chapter 4, verse 3. Let's see what it says. Hallelujah. Now all of these things, you know, uh, happened... Uh, in the part of he left Judea and departed again into where? Galilee. Hallelujah. He left Judea and departed again into where? Galilee. And Galilee, Judea is a place of religion. Galilee is also a place of partial religion. The, the conch, you know, the real mosaic religious adherents were in in Judea, you know, Jerusalem was a seat of religion, followed by, by uh, where? By Galilee. Am I correct? Yes, by Galilee. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. And then Samaria was in the in the middle. Now, if you will pass, if you will cross from Judea in the southern part of Israel, you want to go to. Um, Galilee in the northern part you have to pass through Samaria Israel is in, through, is in three parts you know we have the Galilee in the north okay in the middle is Samaria huh? Jewish am I, am I communicating so if you want to pass from from Judea to to Galilee you must pass through Samaria you have to but because of the hatred that Israel had for, for, for the Samaritans, they would prefer to cross the Red Sea this way huh? and go forward and cross back this way to Galilee, avoiding Samaritans. Did you get the teacher? They should have just gone straight from Judea to Samaria, Samaria to Galilee. And there was the sea by the side. So they would prefer, after they leave Judea, they would cross the sea and avoid Samaria so as not to be contaminated and now enter Galilee. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says Jesus must need to pass through Samaria. Glory be to God. And then when he got there, he met a woman that came to draw water. And Jesus went to her. Again, he came to where we were. We're not told that the Samaritan woman came to Jesus, not at all. But he went to where she was. And they engaged in a conversation. 
you know, gave me water to drink. You know the story. And if you know the gift of God, you know, so the gift of God is the solution to your recklessness. You know, it's a deep thing in there. And the, after they kind of spoke for a couple of minutes, so I, I perceive a prophet. The way you speak, you speak as a prophet. Praise the Lord. I always tell people, don't get angry when they say Jesus Christ is a prophet. That's the beginning of the journey. Patience in evangelism. Say, no, Jesus is also a prophet. Say, all right, I agree. This same woman, one day she said, a man, that's getting better now. They said a man first, said a prophet. Later he said, he is the Lord. So, people come up to know the Lord, you know, at different levels and stages, you know. Now, but he said, I, I, I perceive you're a prophet. And they began to communicate. Give me this water to drink. I said, well, if you want this water, I will give it to you only on one condition. Go and call your husband so we can enjoy this water together. He didn't say, you're, you're an adulterer. That's your method. <laughs> All your adulterers will die and perish. <laughs> and then that was told Jesus' method. He said, I know you're eager to drink this uh, Water that will make you never to come back here again to waste your bloody time. Said, if you wanted, go and just call your husband for me. Let's celebrate today. Amen. And the woman said, I have no husband. He said, Oh, indeed, you have spoken the truth. No, you are with the fifth man. And even the man in whose house you live now is not even your husband. Hallelujah. Said, you must be a prophet. I have found the Messiah. He left his water port. After all, when you have a water inside of you, you don't need water pot anymore. He left the water pot. He said, "This is useless now." That was that was his vision when he was coming to the to the to the well. You know, was coming to a well. But he, she has not become a well now. Out of your belly shall rivers of living water. Pot. So he left the water pot now useless and went back to the men and spoke to them. She was no more afraid. Verse thirty nine of this of this um, passage. What does he say? Let's see what it says. 49. Verse 39. Excuse me. 39 quickly. Alright. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the sin of the woman which testified which testified. He told me all that ever I did. Next verse. Okay. Next verse. So when the Samaritans will come to him they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there. How many days? How many days? He stayed with the Gentiles for two days. Because this is a Gentile nation. After the Jews rejected him, he turned to the Gentiles. And he stayed with the Gentiles two days. Then of course, on the third day, he would turn to the Jews again. Now, all of this rapture, second coming is not about the church, it's about the Jews. You understand? Rapture is for the church. Second coming is for the Jews, essentially. You, you get the point now. So you see, after he's done with the Gentiles, he will not go back to the Jews. But at that time, they will not receive him. Accept him as their Lord 
and as their savior. So the story is like this summarized. Israel rejected him. He spent time with the Gentiles for two days. Then, as he forgot in Israel, not at all. Not at all. You see, we are saved along the way. He is Israel Messiah. But somehow, because of their rejecting him, we were drafted in. We were saved. Verse 43. Let's see what it says. Verse 43. What does the Bible say there? 43. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into where again? Back to the Jews. Scripture is being fulfilled. After two days with the Gentiles, 2,000 years, it's now the turn again of the, of the Jews. But within that period, the church will have been raptured. We are of the third day generation. Look at John chapter number 4, verse 53. 53, and what does he say? So the father knew that it was at that same hour. In the which Jesus said unto him, The son liveth. But let me, let me go, let me come back a little bit. I think verse 46 will make it clearer. John chapter 4, and let's see it in verse 4, um, just a moment. John chapter 4, all right, in verse 46. Now Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee. He came again into where? Where he was at the beginning. You remember that. It's back to the Jews now. Now, and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that the prophet, okay, have no honor, all of that in his own city. You know, and then uh, verse 46, okay, verse 40. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he had, when he had heard Jesus was come out of Galilee, into, come, I mean, out of Judea, sorry, into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of what? Death. Don't forget, like I said, every miracle in the book of John is always what? A sign. A sign of a truth. Praise the Lord. So this is an encounter now between Jesus and this noble man. And then in verse 48, then said Jesus unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will believe now. I want to advise you. You must add some dimensions of signs and wonders if you want to have a lasting ministry. Very, very important. Now, the word is very good. There must be a dimension of signs and wonder. Jesus said, people will not believe except they see signs and what? And as a pastor, you must have that in your mind. Oh, I'm a good teacher. More than that. Because there are people, you know, who will need more than just the teaching. If, of course, if they believe the word, they will have miracles. But there are, there are people looking for signs and wonders. When you combine that grace of a teacher, of a prophet, and also of a sign maker, so to say, a wonder performer, uh, heaven is your limit. So to have that in your mind, that is very... Uh, very key in ministry. There must be a dimension of science and wonder. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son live it. And the man, in verse 50, believed the word. He believed the word for the first time that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went his way. And as he went, 
as he was going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then he inquired, He of them, when did my son get what? They mentioned a particular hour and remembered it was the same time yesterday. That simply means when Jesus spoke to this man, Go your way, your son is alive. He stayed one day more. He didn't go immediately because he believed the word. He stayed overnight. He said, the master said, my son is healed. So, no hurry. You know, that place, you know, was just about um, very close, not, not two miles. It was 16 miles to Jerusalem. So, he stayed there. And so, and the following day, it was confirmed that it was at the same time that Jesus Christ spoke that the son yet well. Gentlemen, Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. Tonight, if he speaks to your life, your life will never be the same again. Then, John chapter 4, verse 53, just to summarize and close, 453 says, what is it? So the father knew that it was at the same hour. Does that make sense to you? The same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed. And the soul house, second time that he believed. The first time he believed, go for the miracle. Second time, time. go check it out in the case of Abraham. You know, and I mean, yes, and Sarah, at the age of 90, and beyond that, the woman became pregnant. How? Why? Because perhaps God rejuvenated her age. Because there's no way medically that woman could have conceived successfully. It's, it's not possible. Is that not correct? It's not, it cannot work out. So she, her, her strength was renewed. Huh? Her body was brought back. Her biological age was reversed. Huh? So her body was good enough to carry a baby. All right? Because the baby that stayed for nine months. It's not just that uh, as a miracle that we can't explain. We can explain it. Huh? The womb had the capacity and the strength to carry a baby for nine months. So her age was reversed because of the Lord of time. Hallelujah. The Lord over what? Time. God can squeeze a miracle into one day. Mm. And I believe he's going to do it tonight. So how you perceive him is the way he blesses you. If you know him as a lot of time, you wouldn't worry about your age. You know what? I'm not, I'm not 32. I'm not yet married. Relax. Because the baby that shall come will be a minister to the whole world. You don't get worried about that. About time, 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 time. Jesus is the Lord of time and also the Lord of space. You have somebody somewhere who is sick. We can speak the word here tonight. And I will be healing because he's the Lord of what? Space. Time and space are under his control. Remember, after two days, he will raise us up. Stand on your feet tonight. You know, I told you before that after the message, you will wonder, what will I pray about now? I think I've told you from the beginning. Am I right? Well, like I said, when you know the capacity of Christ, the Lord of time, 
a lot of space. Then you can find a way in there and get yourself blessed. You are not too old to be blessed. Mm-mm. You are not too old to get admission. Who can father you? Who and is who are still studying law now? I mean, they can father you, but they are in law school or undergraduate. It's all about you willing to receive him. So tonight, Jesus Christ is right here, fully here in his glory and power. So, time is not a problem for you because the Lord of time is right here with us. And space is not a problem. I cannot count how many times you spoke the word. A man came and uh, for prayers a couple of years ago. He had a strange disease in his body. He's a medical doctor, but he was sick. Mm. Hallelujah. Medical doctor, but he himself was sick. And this sickness is not what medical science could kill. When he was inside his house, his body was normal. When he was outside the house, he would be so hot and almost dying. So they couldn't let him stay in his house because as soon as he entered his house, the body would be on fire as if he was going to die the next moment. When he was out of the house, he would be okay. He's a medical doctor. You see around in my area over there in my village. And he's still doing well today in this medical profession. So he came to my office. So I cast out that devil from the village that is troubling this handsome man of God. That was the end of the, of the sickness. Second day, he got a call from the village. So, so and so, where did you go yesterday? Because this man refused to worship idols. All his brothers, you know, were idol worshippers, they tried to get him to idol worship. He refused. He said, no, I'm a Christian. I will never worship this idol with you. Which it was an open fight. He knew that he had a battle with his people at home. So one old man called him the second day. He said, where did you go yesterday? At this particular time of the day, he said, I went to see a pastor for prayer. He said, because at that time, I collapsed in my room. The same hour when the word was spoken in Canaan, right down there in the, in, in the Midwest of those days, he fell down in his room. Because he's the Lord of what? Space. He sent his word and his word healed them. And delivered them from the destructions because he is the Lord of what? Space. To him, space means nothing. And time means nothing. How many people need a miracle here tonight? You can say, Lord, here am I. The Lord of time and the Lord of space. Wine takes process. Wine takes time. But when the Lord of time steps in, he changes the order. He makes things happen quicker than your expectation because he's the Lord of time. And anywhere your relation may be tonight who is sick and tormented, we can send that word. And the Lord is going to heal that man anywhere he may be tonight because Jesus is the Lord of space. Lift up your hands and let's bless him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This concludes this message. 
Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.